Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to discuss an article from the October issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Feedlot Cattle Handling Practices. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Dr. Ruth Y. Woody, a Nebraska Extension Specialist focused on animal care and handling. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Aaron. I'm happy to be here. Ruth, this is a topic that has application throughout the year, but just thinking about the time of year we're in, this is the time of year when a lot of times we see cattle coming into the feed yard at a higher rate. And so with that is getting those cattle acclimated to the yard. And and really the first interactions those cattle have in the yard is the day they're received. I just talk through with us some of the principles that we can think about in terms of receiving cattle and then also interacting with them all the way through to the time they leave the yard and go on to harvest. Yeah, Aaron, one of the things that we think about when moving cattle for the first time through a feedlot is sometimes having a leader, whether it's someone horseback, even a foot, just to slow their momentum so that they're not running, especially on that first exposure. And once they're in that home pen, spending a little time settling them. That means maybe moving them to a corner and asking them to stop, moving them to water, giving them a chance to see exactly where that is in the pen, introducing them to the feed bunk. Dr. Tom Knopfsinger and others spend a lot of time emphasizing the value of that acclimation. It's like when we check into a hotel, you know, knowing where the amenities are, making it as comfortable as possible. We're not that dissimilar from cattle, and we don't spend as much time as we could making them comfortable in their environment and giving them time to adjust and acclimate. I really appreciate what you share with that. I think sometimes we think, well, those cattle are stressed. Let's get them in their home pen and just leave them alone. But really what you're saying here is we could spend some time interacting with them in those first few hours they enter the home pen and and let them know that's a safe place for them to be. And as the person who's going to be interacting with them, we're we're trying to do what's in their best interest in terms of showing where the feed is, where the water is, and, and how this is going to look in terms of interaction going forward. Yeah, and contrary to maybe what we've been conditioned to think, having a really hands-off approach sets us up for issues further down the road. And just as you said, if we spend a little bit of time and we are intentional about moving, placing, and settling those cattle in their home pen, they'll quiet relatively quickly. And the fact that it happens with a person who is going to be responsible for their care, riding those pens, walking those pens, that is a piece, a point of familiarity for those cattle that they'll, they'll look for that over the next days. So it's critical. One of the things you also highlight in here is just the last beef quality assurance feed yard assessment, looking at some of the things that are happening in terms of bruising on cattle, in terms of this is what actually happens when we see bruising that occurred when those cattle go to the rail and some of the losses with that. Bruising can happen in a number of ways, but just talk through with us as we think about cattle handling, what are some things we can do to reduce the risk or minimize the impact of how we handle those cattle and then bruising, especially as they move towards harvest. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just find it remarkable that while we've made such significant progress in other quality categories, we seem to have been unable to achieve similar progress in a category, that bruising category, that to a large degree relies on handler's skill level. Of course, it's influenced by the genetic background and the previous experiences of those cattle. But just like we talked about a moment ago, slowing those cattle down is one example of a simple way to reduce risk of bruising because we've all seen it. You know, if we unload a, a set of cattle and they push through a gate, inevitably one of them's likely to catch a hip. That's a perfect example of where bruising could occur. So anytime we're moving too quickly through tight areas or around corners, slips and falls are also um, one of the sources of bruises. And capture and restraint. So, you know, improper capture uh, could cause bruising, hitting that front catch really hard. We well know what that can um, lead to, but also even closing that head, that front catch improperly, perhaps across the jaw, as we've seen many times, something like that could cause enough soft tissue damage that those cattle will be unwilling to go back to feed quite as quickly as their counterparts. One of the things that you mentioned just in there is as we move cattle, make sure they're calm, make sure they uh, have a path that's clear so that they aren't uh, moving too rapidly, not taking a corner too fast. You know, as we think about cattle at loadout and we think about, especially some of these bigger cattle getting onto trucks, uh, truck size and decks really haven't changed, but cattle size has. And so as we think about that, what are some thoughts in terms of ways we might minimize bruising as cattle are getting onto trucks? That's an excellent question, Aaron. And we were just talking about that the other day. So we can't really change the dimensions of cattle pots too much, right? We can't go much higher there. Merrill and some of the others have made some adjustments, typically because of the size of the cattle that we see today at finishing we are seeing you know, a significant portion of that bruising occur in cattle that are um, being loaded on the bottom deck, right? So the dimensions of that entrance and particularly even the placement of the ramp to the top deck affect uh, actually our cause of some of the bruising. So we can't necessarily control our cattle size when we're loading and we can't control the trailer size. But if we've done our work and we have those cattle acclimated to handling and we can ask them to move slowly, we can significantly decrease the risk of bruising even when loading on a on a trailer because walking down the bottom ramp versus taking a jump into that onto that bottom deck could mean the difference in a significant bruise. And if we've done our homework, we can reduce that risk through handling and acclimation. One of the things in the article that you highlighted that I think is going to have value as we move forward is, is this recent development of the new facility there at the University of Nebraska, the Feedlot Innovation Center, the Klosterman Feedlot Innovation Center. Talk about what's happening with that and how that's going to provide a platform for cattle handling and design in terms of addressing some of the issues we're talking about today. Yeah, Aaron, I couldn't be happier to just talk a little bit about the tremendous partnerships. Uh, the, the Daniels family from Daniels Manufacturing uh, were generous enough to donate 
a complete handling system in the memory of Danny Daniels. Daniel loved people and he loved the cattle industry. And this was going to be part of his legacy. What's so unique about the Feedlot Innovation Center is that we'll have two complete handling systems side by side in our processing barn. The second system has been generously donated also by AeroQuip. And I've been thrilled to see how innovative AeroQuip has been in taking feedback from the industry, from veterinarians and all sectors of cattle production and making modifications, revisions to their equipment, to their squeeze chute that improve safety. So we'll be able to test components of facility design side by side in a way that hasn't been done before. So while we've talked a lot about, you know, in, in the context of low stress, cattle handling, good stockmanship, facility design, we've talked a lot about the importance of facility design and what handler preferences might be. We really don't have data substantiating positions on one design over another. This is a one-of-a-kind opportunity for us to be able to begin generating that data set that can inform future uh, construction of handling facilities on the feedlot and across the industry. One of the other things in my mind this also presents is we know that many facilities have you know, a traditional tub and alley in place, and then some have a bud box with a double alley. And there's some things that we might learn in terms of where we position people, how we move cattle through those, that could be a real learning opportunity as well as people just try to make the best use of the facility they have. Well, you're absolutely right. And one of the things that we'll be able to look at is even the dimensions. So the dimensions relative to the size and number of animals that we bring into the bud box or the tub and recommendations associated with that. We know there have been general recommendations provided before, but there, again, is not a lot of data behind that. So whether it's dimensions, an opportunity as part of you know the capacity at Feedlot Innovation Center that we're so excited about. One of the things I want to wrap up with is a quote from Dr. Tom Knopfsinger that you make in the article, and it says, Whatever cattle do when you're with them, it's because of you, not them. And I think that really is a, a very nice quote from him in terms of if you can change your mindset in terms of when you're interacting with cattle, that what they do is really a result of how I've interacted with them rather than something else, then that puts the, the focus back on you. And it really does change your mindset and what you do with those cattle. Absolutely. You know, that it's personal responsibility. And we think about that a lot when we're, you know, maybe interacting with, with people or, for example, even when we're interacting with youth. But there's always opportunity for us to think a little bit more about the headspace that we're in, particularly when we're working with cattle. And I had to include Dr. Tom's quote because he put it perfectly. Everything that happens in our interactions is because of us. And if we're not in the right headspace, right, we set them up um, to potentially have a stressful experience. And that would inform future future experiences as well. So it all comes back down to us and what we're responsible for. And something also that Dee Griffin said is that 
it's our responsibility to ensure that every day is the best day for those cattle. And if we think about um, everything, you know, we're responsible for those experiences and making it the best day possible for them. I think that changes our approach. Anything else on this topic you'd like to highlight today? You know, as I think about where we've come and where we're headed, one of the things that stands out is maybe a phenomenon I've observed. You know, the ag community has been so focused on the gap that exists between producers and consumers, but simultaneously, we've devoted less time to honing our own stockmanship skills, and we're seeing a decrease in skill level across sectors. And that's not, um, it's through no fault of our own, it's its really a function of being on that technology treadmill, right? We only have so much bandwidth. So as we're tasked every day to incorporate new technology, new practices to be more competitive and efficient, our bandwidth and the ability to focus even on practicing this skill set and keeping it alive and healthy has diminished. And if we don't intentionally invest in it, the cattle suffer as a result. Thanks again for joining me today. Thanks so much, Aaron. Well, for more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. The title of the article we discussed today, Feedlot Cattle Handling Practices.